Hey everyone and welcome back to Class 1A, a My Hero Academia podcast presented by Popped Off. As always, you are joined by your three homeroom teachers, Andrew Nimsgren, James Graham, and Dylan Beal, aka Advert, Apothecary, and Fanfic. All three of us are here to talk about a different episode, but it was a really fun episode. We talked about it just briefly pre-show, but I really enjoyed it. I think both of you guys enjoyed it as well, but before we get into that, how are you guys doing today? Yeah, we got we got the gang back together. Yeah. Ready to record some uh, some podcasts, do some podcasting, talk about anime. The the energy is just flowing out of you two. I am just blown you, away. You know by we're how you know we're excited like excited and ready to go. Wait, listen, are. we're like dirt bikes, okay? You can't just you can't you can't just go. You gotta we gotta ramp us up. Yeah, gotta, yeah, dude. What are you talking about? They're loud for the second they get going. They're, yeah. yeah, they're loud, but they're not they're not warm. If up, you try you know? and get it going right away, it just stalls. <laughs> like you yeah, can't, you can't do. Cl- that. Clearly, this boy's never been on the dirt roads. Which is weird. Dylan is the definition of a dirt biker. <laughs> dude, I grew up. I grew up in Pennsylvania, dude. <laughs> Pennsylvania. We're out here. We're out here driving dirt bikes down alleyways. See, we don't. We we, we, Shut still, up. we still had three wheelers where I'm from, dude. Like that's like. Those things are <laughs> yeah, that's Canada, dude. <laughs> All I'm here. They do things slightly weird. We have a great time. All right, here. we're not here to talk about dirt bikes and three wheelers and all that. We are here to talk about my hero academia. And luckily, we don't really have any announcements or anything like that. So we'll just go through the last little bit of the rigmarole, morale, and then jump into the episode. Yeah, and if you like talking about dirt bikes with your friends, maybe tell them about this podcast and give us a five star review because we have all the the hottest. Hottest trends in K-Kona land. If you don't want to hear us talk about dirt bikes, and you want to hear us talk about something else, maybe a suggestion, maybe something we can spice up the show with, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at popped underscore off, or email us at contact at poppedoff.com. But with that, let's jump into today's lecture with Season 4, Episode 17, Relief for Licensed Trainees. The episode starts right back up with where the previous episode ended with all of the hero um all the heroes being challenged by the army of kids. The students use all kinds of weird but incredibly powerful quirks for their age such as binging balls, assault dust, electromagnetic um oh my god, electromagnetic bullets and tongue tongue cannon. Oh my god, I just butchered writing down. What was the last one? Tongue what? It was, it was t- tongue tank. It, it was tongue cannon. I'm pretty sure it was tongue cannon. No, tank. it was tongue tank. Okay, there you go. I'm sorry. I just absolutely butchered writing this summary for the first part. And more. President Mike talks about how crazy strong these kids are and how he couldn't produce anywhere near that kind of power at his age, emotionally, physically, or illegally, which I thought that was just kind of a fun little thing. And Seji steps in to explain that as generations pass, quirks become more mixed and become stronger and more complex. He introduces us to the um, quirk singularity doomsday theory which is a theory that says that these quirks may eventually become so strong and complex that people will not be able to actually control them. And these students are kind of starting to show that with how powerful they are at such a young age. The teacher starts apologizing and crying again and then and gets up to try and stop it all. But President Mike stops her and says it's the hero's turn now. The heroes are unfazed by the quirks, so the uh, kids continue to attack. One of the students shoots their queen beam at Todoroki, and we get the majestic thing that is Glamoroki, um, but it ends up turning out just being Kami using her quirk. 
We learn a little bit more about Cammy's quirk, which is glamour, which allows her to create an illusion for a short period of time. Bakugo loses it at the sight of Glamoroki, and Anasa and Todoroki are just kind of like, what? Was it really that funny? Um, again, something we'll talk about more, but I just loved how these three have interacted these last couple episodes. It's been great. Um, the leader of the children are freaking out, talking about how he's better than all the adults in every single way. He could even play piano better than them, because that's how we all measure our success in life. But he goes on to talk about how he always see hero, police, a teacher, everyone always crying, getting in trouble, apologizing, and that they're all hopeless compared to him and the other students, and that they are more powerful. Nasa and Todoroki um, use a combination of their quirks after being attacked again to create a giant ice slide that's pretty much just really cool for the students to go on. They use a combination of their quirks and some of the students' quirks to just make it seem like something that anyone would be, wow, this is so cool. Um... And just think it's so cool. Cammy then uses her quirk to go on and create the northern lights above the training area. And pretty much all the students are just amazed by everything that's going on. We get a quick flashback to the heroes talking amongst themselves. But how they need to make the students think wow or cool. Instead of losing to opponents that they look down on. If you just happen to lose to someone you look down upon. You just start feeling really crappy about yourself. And that could cause problems for other, kind of like what Todoroki and Anasa had. Because that's something that happened to them when they are young. And just kind of general problems that Bakugo has with life. Bakugo goes over to the leader and grabs him, telling him to go down the slide. The little kid doesn't want to go, but he tells him that if you keep looking down on everyone, you'll never notice your own weakness. Brings him over and has Anasa put him up at the beginning of the slide. And the student starts talking to himself about how he could tell that that was really coming from Bakugo's heart. And that's why it really got through to him. Gang Orca congratulates all the students on doing such a good job, even with the vague instructions, and then kind of realizes he let his persona up and went back to yelling at the kids. President Mike steps in and saying that he actually really likes kids, but he's just putting on the act to seem tough. Outside, we see All Might and the Shishatsu teacher talking to each other about the possibility of sharing more information, joint training, and the fact that the League of Villains have gone after more than just UA students now, so this is starting to become a bigger problem, and the two schools are going to start working together more. Endeavor comes over and talks to Todoroki, long time no see, all that kind of stuff, and saying how he's proud of him. Todoroki more or less wants nothing to do with Endeavor. Endeavor goes on talking about how he's one day going to become a hero that Todoroki can be proud of. Anasa punches himself in the face, causes him to start bleeding, and walks over to Endeavor and says that I'm cheering you on. Endeavor thanks him and then makes a comment about how he's bleeding so much. Back at school, pretty much things are going back to normal. Classes are just going on as if they were before. All except they went back to Night Eyes Funeral with everyone there. And we learned a little bit more about how the agency are putting all the internships on hold until they figure out what's going on next. Um, and that we get a little bit more information on how Eerie is doing. She's doing better, but pretty emotionally unstable still. So she's not getting any visitors. Her horn has grown back to a super small size ago. No bigger than a bump versus how giant it was during the All Might, I'm not the All Might, the Deku versus Overhaul battle. At the end of one of the classes, when Daku's talking about how hungry he is, Aoyama randomly shoves cheese into his mouth. Just kind of generally being kind of weird. This whole little action, like, um, interaction is just different. He stays and has to eat his own food because he can't eat the cafeteria food and goes on. Um, we end up back at the dorms that night, and we see from the preview of Aoyama kind of creeping outside of Deku's room, looking in on him, just being Aoyama. Um, and then after Deku kind of realizes this, he gets up and looks outside of where Aoyama was and sees that there is cheese in the shape of the words, I know. 
no really thing besides that, but Deku was freaking out and almost late to class the next day because he couldn't sleep because of how freaked out he was. Um, in the classes the next day, the bunch of students are talking about how pro heroes are starting to team up. We see Mount Lady, um, Kami Woods, and a bunch of other heroes kind of uh, teaming up and start getting ideas of how other students could team up and have like mega core combinations and all that kind of stuff. But it was a fun way just kind of seeing Class 1A interacting again. Later on that day, they continued going out of the gym to work on their ultimate moves. Kirishima wants to become someone who could never be afraid of someone like Rappa, so he asks Sato and Bakugo just to beat the crap out of him all day so he can become stronger. stronger. Bakugo bumps into Deku, asking if he makes any progress. Deku hasn't, and Bakugo makes a comment about how I thought you were going to go higher than me. This hits Deku, and he has a flashback to thoughts about how he could push himself to go to 20%, but that wasn't enough to beat Overhaul. Then he needs to be able to go and use 100% um, all for one, all by himself. Um, Ayama is kind of being weird, like showing off his quirk a little bit to Deku about um, just kind of being able to blast through this rock, which is actually kind of impressive, but it instantly causes the stunning to start hurting right away. Deku walks away with them to help him rest a little bit, and they start talking about how Ayama's body is incompatible with his quirk, and that he sees the same thing with Deku. And that's kind of what he's been saying, that the I know and being so weird. And that when Ayama was young, um, his quirk used to leak out of his like stomach, it didn't really explain it very well, but if he doesn't use this belt, that his quirk was pretty much leak out, and that he sees a lot of that in Deku. And this whole interaction kind of ends with them kind of ending up on the same page and kind of having a realization. And then Aoyama poops his pants, I'm pretty sure is what they alluded to. Because we then, he makes a noise, we go to the laundry machines, and pretty much we just get a flash to the dorms the next day or later that day. About Aoyama and Deku just being much closer, and Deku makes a comment about how from that day on, they're friends because apparently they weren't friends before that but it was an interesting episode yeah it played it, it was <clears throat> it heavily investigated quirks as like a whole which i really liked it like from the, the the development of like basically with the buddy from oh my god i can't remember his name he gets called meat what is his what is his name um seji seji yeah so seji does that big that big monologue basically about how like quirks are becoming more and more like combined and you're getting more and more like complex quirks with the younger age and you know the basically what was it like the doomsday like conundrum he was talking about um the quirk singularity doomsday theory. yeah exactly yeah. that quirks will i think that's gonna be a pretty big point actually like I, they, they kind of slipped this in a little bit but like that seems like it's gonna be a pretty big um obstacle to overcome like maybe towards the end of whenever they're they're done with the the series that they're gonna have to tackle with because like you don't just throw that in there and then just like not talk about it ever again they set up so much as yeah they really did i think that i think they set up the endeavor arc or some kind of spot like i said this last week a little bit dylan that i think either endeavor is going to be a major part of the second half of the season or they're setting them up to be a major part of season five. I think those two things have both been set up here majorly. And even um, the Shitetsu and UA kind of conversation about them working more in. Like, I think this episode, I agree. These last two have been like really world building episodes about how people view quirks and how quirks are developing. And I, I really enjoy this episode that again, we didn't get to see Bakugo beat the crap out of a bunch of little kids, which is a little sad, which I think is what we all wanted. But even without that being there, there's so many cool things and even moments that I didn't even mention in the outline because there so, was so many little moments 
that made this episode really special. Yeah, no, just seeing like just seeing Anasa and like and Todoroki like just basically fi- like and uh, like to basically like exact a plan that Bakugo came up with. Like that was the part that was the big thing I liked about it because like guys, I was sitting there, I was like Bakugo didn't do anything. Like Cami made the Northern Lights, which we got, we got, we actually got like the info panel about Cami, which was sick because we I know we all appreciate those. Um, but yeah, we got the info panel about her. We got Anasa and and Todoroki making this crazy ass slide with all their quirks. We like you know, and you got to like you really got to see like the power disparity between like the kids and the adults as far or not like or kids and teenagers as far as like control with their quirk. Because they literally just, like, they, like, you know, there was a good chunk of kids there. There was, like, 15 kids that literally just all used their quirks at once to see if they could, like, throw them off. And they literally, like, the four of them were literally unfazed. Like, totally, totally not thrown off. Totally. And then they make this crazy ice slide, which was sick. And then, you, you like, you know, to come to find out that Bakugo is the one that came up with it all. Because, once again, Bakugo has so many goddamn layers that he's just the best character. Best character. Best character. This... What, I what got did I say? Over what what did episode. I say when we first started doing this? I think episode one, I was like, Bago's the best character. He's the best. He's great. I'll he'll <laughs> he'll prove it to you guys. And he just keep, he I, keeps doing it. He he never stops, man. He can't keep can getting do, away with this. Can we do a one-off episode of just talking about Bakugo? Because holy yeah, shit, his please. character development is something else. And this episode, even like, first off, just seeing him, like the whole flashback to him coming up with that plan and just talking about. Pretty much the the emotion that he felt with Deku, he always looked down on Deku, and he's lost to him, and that's kind of why he's had this realization, but also why he's been so angry recently. But that also resonated with Todoroki and Anasa and that relationship that they had when they were younger. And then Bakugo goes over and talks about how he wasn't able to see his own weaknesses to the kid. And then also kind of realizing later in the episode where he does want to push Deku. Like, he, he still doesn't like Deku, but he realizes more about who Deku is, what he wants to do and Yeah, dude, they're they're, yeah, they're, they're rivals. They're rivals. They're they're red and blue, man. They're no, they're they're yeah, they're rivals but they're more frenemies now than anything. Like I, I still don't yeah, they are coming more their rival one, but it's more like I think Bakugo is actually warming up to Deku. Like before they were always rivals, but I do think Bakugo is starting to take that next step of like Well, I mean I like they're talking about heroes teaming up. Like I see this starting to be the thing of where it is a Bakugo Deku like team up in like the in twenty years from now like they're working together as heroes like I think they're starting to set up that transition is what I'm starting to see and goddamn do I love this yeah like well I mean like we've seen like that like basically his conver- his brief little conversation with Deku or not even like his comment towards Deku basically was like have you come up with anything yet like that's how he shows warmth because he's done the same thing with Hiroshima he's done the same thing with um oh my god what's his face uh kimamari like i mean like, like that's how he shows like compassion and like expresses any sort of like you know like friendship is that like he just wants his friends to be better than themselves like than they currently are right so like i mean that's that's how he like but like i mean it just never gets old man it never gets old seeing him do shit like this he and wants then, to see I, his boy strong yeah dude exactly and then we get and then we get a great interaction between anasa and todoroki plus endeavor who is like you know like of course Endeavor is the the mutual factor between the two of them and why they don't get along why they don't like you know all this shit so you know I don't I don't know why Anasa punched himself in the face but I appreciate it but I don't know like work up the courage or just get out of his it's, head it's just, yeah well I mean it's I like it. it's just Anasa being Anasa right so I mean like 
But it was yeah over the top and everything you do exactly right. Well, yeah, because I think even the, the, my favorite thing about uh, the show was like whenever they switch to whenever they do like the halftime like panels and stuff like that, and you know whenever it shows likes, it always usually shows food and like what they're into. But for Anasa, it just says passing, and that's it. So yeah, that no, was like, a good catch. Yeah, right. So um, yeah, no, I like th- there was just so much all at once in that, and basically you know it was just. I don't know, man. It, it kind of left me at like a loss for words because I just it was just so appreciative of the entire, basically that in first like maybe ten minutes of the episode, like it was just it was it was amazing. It was great. Yeah, it was not where I thought I was gonna go, but I, the whole Todoroki endeavor kind of conversation there just had so many emotions that, like, yeah, I mean it's the dad trying to get better, better. It's the son that's always hated the dad, but he secretly wants to like enjoy, like like him because whenever Dever goes on about I'm gonna be a hero that will make you proud one day and all that kind of stuff. You see Todoroki kind of just like I, I don't know what that like expression is, but he just kind of like shakes it off, but he's not mad about it. Like he likes hearing those kind of things. And then you see Todoroki looking back at Endeavor as he's walking away with like hope, like God damn, like that got me worked up. And it scares me. I think something's going to happen to Endeavor. <laughs> I, I think the important thing to remember is he hasn't paid for his crimes. He's he's done actually very, very messed up stuff. And I, I think yeah. that still needs to be addressed because, like, you know, it's not like he was, you know, breeding children to be the ultimate hero or anything. Okay, let's let's just think about this, though. But literally, nerd fandoms are the worst thing. This is the people that want Ben Solo just to get away with everything that he did, including killing millions of people just because they wanted to see two people in a relationship together so literally nerd fandoms do not care about what people did in their past i do as long as they had one redemption arc i care so i agree i agree this man is an absolute monster and that's why i don't know if he's going to over like compensate and maybe i don't know die or have something happen to him because he's trying to be such a perfect hero I like I don't know. This is scaring me. Like, there's no way this story ends in a happy way between those two. Well, so like this, the crazy thing to me was how many storylines we had running at the same time in this one little thing. So we had, and it's done well, and it's, like, and it's done not even super that, well. but it's done perfect. Yeah. So we have we have this crazy in depth like thought process about how quirks are getting more and more involved. We have Endeavor trying to become a new symbol of something because he's trying to fall, like fill all my shoes. We have him trying to patch up a son, like a relationship with his son. We have Bakugo being Bakugo, and you know, come, you know, just more character development. Um, we have this, you know, the fact that Cammy was targeted, so there's going to be joint exercises between the two, the two like uh, schools and everything like that. Like there is a lot of shit that just they crammed all in, and it was perfectly executed. None of it felt... And Deku's on the edge or something, too. And Deku's on like, the edge. Like, that, that whole pushing it harder, like, oh, I only hit 20% and it wasn't enough. Like, they're clearly teasing. Deku was on the edge of another big breakthrough. If it's maybe... And, and I, I think it's something different than just a power boost. I was going to say, I like, hope it's I just th- not I think like we showed that, like, he's... Yeah. yeah, I think it's something different of him... Cha- I mean, learning to kick instead of punch. Like, I know it's a, that's a dumb breakthrough, but that kind of breakthrough. Like, changing his thought process or something kind of like that i think we're on a breakthrough of something like that um which i'm really excited for too because i know you two always love to kind of bring up the side ones i'm still that mainstream like anime noob that loves seeing the main character develop and all that kind of stuff still so i still want to see 
Deku kind of take that next level as much as you two love Bakugo. Main character um, mentality right there. Yeah, dude, yes, it, it I, really is. I have the main character mentality. So, no, but I agree. There are just so many storylines that... That's why I worry that some of them are going to come together and not end in the best of ways. That's why I think the whole Todoroki endeavor relationship something big is going to happen this season with how much they're setting it up something has to happen i mean like with endeavor like you you kind of expect it because again he's not he wasn't a good father to multiple kids and some kids that we may or may not know that is his kids we don't know who could i be talking about who knows cryptic (laughs) cryptic yeah but i mean like that's just it so i mean like it would like i think i think having something not devastating happening to the Endeavor wouldn't, well, like, that would break the trope, right? Because, like, I mean, we're already seeing a trope develop, right? This this very, very, you know, complicated, almost power-hungry, but, like, was always in a shadow of somebody, so that's, like, you know, there was justification of why would Endeavor did what he did. He just went about it the totally wrong way, right? He was always number two to All Might. He wanted to create something, like, literally create something that would surpass All Might, which was basically Todoroki. Um, you know, like, so there was reasons for it. They were just like, he just really went about them shittily. And I think everybody would expect Endeavor to make some grandiose sacrifice. Like basically the peak of him becoming a symbol, he'll, he'll die. Like that's the trope, right? So I don't think we're going to get that. I don't think we're going to get like the typical trope because this show does a really good job of breaking that. And I just said trope like five times in like five seconds. So there's just so much that have to happen these next couple episodes and how i mean we know the festival's coming up we've been teased to a new giant villain there was a tease for something else in the outro of today really we had the endeavor storyline well no I'm not, I'm not i'm not mentioning anything there but no we know we already know about the festival and all that kind of stuff yes, coming up yeah. it's in the intro um but we have so much teased that some of the things might have to be tropes to set up the other like groundbreaking things. Like, I agree, they're good about tropes. tropes. Yeah. Yes, but that's what I mean. That like, oh, the endeavor thing could be a trope, but how other people react to it isn't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many storylines that I almost get worried. Like, I'm not worried that it's going to end up being a bad way to finish it, but something has to end eventually, and that feels like it's the easiest and most tropey one that could set up for bigger and better things. Yeah, I could, if that makes sense. To I could, me. I can see that. Yeah, I I see what you're getting at. Um, I kind of hope it doesn't go that way because I I don't know. I'm growing to like Endeavor. Um, I really I really do hope him and Dobby have like a square off because it's like it's like fire <laughs> on fire and that would be sick. God, would that not be the best way to him to go out? We learn it's Dobby's his, like one of his sons and then he kills Endeavor. Would that not be the best way for Endeavor to go out? I feel I like I mean well the I think I think the ideal way for Endeavor to go out was like let Dobby kill him or something like that because he feels so horrible for what he's done right but that's just, that that is an Endeavor to me dude and I watched Endeavor melt a dude's head with his hand like we this all remember sick. what he did to the Nomu like he just he just literally destroyed that thing and then we found out he can run up walls because he just heats them up and runs on them like I mean like I think the best way for Endeavor to go out would just be him like becoming just like a good hero yeah. and being number one hero but being a good guy that would be, that would be nice i would like endeavor that sounds boring but i mean it's, i think the other ways I'm, are... kidding. I'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding say so, sorry all right so okay so we've covered basically we've covered pretty much everything up to deku getting chirped by bakugo 
more or less. Let's let's go. Yeah. Let's go into the the, the Ayama thing. Let's go into that. I I. I don't think there's much to it. Like for me, I like the little storyline. I like the little relationship. Like, oh, they're they're friends now and all that, and like the quirk kind of leaking out. But we know that's not exactly what Deku's case is. Like, I think that was a kind of an opportunity for those two to get closer to a student that's really had no screen time and we really don't know much about. So I think it's really good character development to understand like why his stomach hurts when he does quirks and why he can only do so much. Like, I think that's great for Aoyama, but. We do understand because we know how Deku got his quirk. Well, like, that's not really what it is. His body isn't compatible, but not because that's the way he was born. It's because he's just still developing and understanding how the quirk works and how to use it. Well, my, like not so that wasn't because again, like I don't care about Deku so much because we're gonna get everything fleshed out regardless. Because again, he is the main character. But yes. I think it builds onto a bigger point: is that there is people born in this world who just have quirks that will probably just end up killing them. Like, because their bodies yeah. aren't co- co- compatible. It plays in the singularity theory. Yeah, well, between that and just world building and stuff like that. Like, I mean, they've never touched on something like that, that quirks actually can work heavily against the person that they, you know, they embody, right? Ayama's like the, the clear case. And they initially built this up to, you know, something that you could build a resilience to once you get a better understanding. Like, um, uh... Uh, Araka basically like you know she would eventually get sick if she basically made herself zero G's for too long right she's eventually mm-hmm. worked past that but that's not so much a that's not a her quirk doesn't work for her it's a conditioning thing right but with yeah. Ayama and I'm sure a ton of other characters or another a ton of other people in this universe right that their quirks just literally don't work with them so they either don't get to use them or their quirks basically you know end up killing them right yeah. Ayama literally has a laser that leaks like that's that's crazy. That's going to burn a hole through the floor. That's going to burn a hole through somebody he loves. You know what I mean? Like, that's just it. So the dude's basically stuck wearing this, you know, this handicap for the rest of his life because his quirk can be so devastating. Dylan, what do you think? No, I think uh, I think James hit it on the head, actually. That's a, I, a yeah. bit of a monologue. but <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was good. No, it yeah. was a good monologue, though. No, I, I think your point is... I think your points are fair, and I think what he brought up is, yeah, but for, like, me, I have nothing to say beyond what what you say there. Like, yeah, I think it's cool. I think it's it's a world-building, but with all the world-building that we have got, um, all, like, around quirks and the singularity and all that kind of stuff, I guess Ariyama just wasn't the character I cared enough about yeah. to really – like, there's no other character because they've been setting that up since, like, the beginning of the show, and maybe that leads into something down the road, but I guess – the reason why it's not hitting me as hard as some other characters is just because, yeah, Ayoyama's always been a character I haven't really cared about. So I guess that's why I'm not reacting some way or really diving into it. Because, like, cool, we learn a little bit more about Ayoyama. But I just feel like with how they treated him before that nothing's ever going to come out of this. It's just a one five-minute segment. They're like, oh, great, we learned this about him. Yeah. Him and Deku are closer now. Like, that's all I took this little part as, as well. The singularity quirk, the Endeavor arc, like every other thread that was started i took it something much bigger and that this was the one thing that was encapsulated pretty much only to this episode that's fair yeah i can i can see that um only our thing is i just kind of before we move into plus ultra and all that else you guys have anything else to talk about is i want to make a pizza bed a soda bed whatever you guys want but the move that um uraraka mina and um the acid, Sakuta, the acid rain, acid rain yeah. 
I will bet you guys money that is used by the end of season five. Well, it has to be. It's Chekhov's gun, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah that's Chekhov's gun. I'm, I'm not taking that bet. That bet's gonna like it's gonna catch. It's the same thing with the swordfish. Where we were like, oh, we never got to see the swordfish, despite the fact he specifically said he's getting it. Yeah, but I'm putting a specific timeline on this. Like I'm saying, end of next season, or I'll even say halfway through next season. No, it's it could probably gonna be this season. Yeah, dude. I hope. I t- right, I, I'm saying, saying, I, I love that. that. I love that kind of teasing. Like. We're absolutely probably going to see that team up and a little bit more about, like, they're making such a big deal about how those heroes are teaming up. And we'll probably learn more about why they're doing that or all that kind of stuff. Like, Why are they called? They're called Team Lurker, are they not? Yes, so they are. So it's Edgeshot, which makes kind of sense. It's Mount Lady, who there's nothing lurking about Mount Lady at all. And then Kami Wood, who, I mean, I guess could lurk a bit. But, like, that... Like that that team name is just trash. Like it's just it doesn't work. I mean, I think it makes sense if Monado is in there. I mean, I mean he looks that dude <laughs> Amato, looks around. Monado is the best, dude. Oh my god, little goober. I really can't tell if he admires or hates Mount Lady though. Like he makes no, a comment. No, like, the amount of the amount of growth she has is crazy. Well, well he, no, because because he because didn't he uh, wasn't he, he with Mount Lady? He and like the whole her. thing yeah, is but that he like, like he, he feared liked, her. Yeah, he's he's afraid of her, but he loves her because she's big. <laughs> that's basically dude. it, dude. That's that's Monado's whole thing. That's that's still in like relationship mindset in a nutshell. It is, dude. She's so tall. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Is there anything else from this episode you want to dive into? Uh, not really. No. I feel like we got the good parts, a good thread, yeah. a lot of setup yeah, for yeah. the next couple episodes. Oh uh, yeah, I think we could go more in depth to like the whole the, the whole like you know the quirk thing but i mean i they're gonna flesh that out more i feel like i I, like like i think like dylan said like it like it's this is a build-up to something that like that like and nobody dismissed him when he said that theory like nobody was like oh that's like you know what the hell are you talking about like they've done with him in the past so when he actually brought up something that seemed quasi-scientific like i mean yeah i think we're gonna go back to that so i don't think we need to really beat it in the ground too much no i agree i agree but with that then Let's in move into our weekly award. Oh, don't you have something? No, no, I'm saying go me first. Well, just to say that out loud instead of waving your hands and just distracting. Well, us. no, because you need to do you need to do a little pause. We get the the sound fight in. Oh my goodness! Give them a pause. Let us move into our weekly award segment, the plus ultra segment, where one character goes beyond goes plus ultra each and every week, and your three. Homeroom teachers decides which one is the winner. And as Dylan so rudely interrupted before, clearly wants to be the first one to go. And I already know who he's giving it to, so I don't know why he's making such a big deal out of it. This is me to say it, because it's Bakugo. We're all going to say Bakugo, because he rules as as Bakugo's number one fan. I'm going to say it's him. I'm going to say it's him, because he had... One, he was a mastermind of this this whole plan. Which one? <laughs> Big brain boys, we love them. Number two, he had like a lot of cool growth this episode. He bonded with Deku a little bit in the way that he knows how. He was able to self reflect on some of his like past shortcomings when he was talking with the kid, where he was like talking about like don't look down on others because then you won't be able to self reflect on yourself. Like that's sick. That's really cool. Like, get him. Get him, Bakugo. Also, he got his license this and he episode. Loved, and he loved Glamoroki. Did loved... he officially get... I don't think... I don't know if they... Did they officially get their they licenses? Got it. Like, because yeah. this was the test. So, like, they, they the, didn't... No, they this didn't... was the test. This was, like, training. I, it sounded like... No, it wasn't. It wasn't training. How gang orca... No, th- it wasn't training. This no, was No, so th- with those four... 
they he knew their their capabilities physically were high enough so he made them do this where the other ones that gang orca basically got him to fight his henchmen their ones were physical related that's how this that's how that separation started to my knowledge i agree that they got it but i don't think it was on that day no no because the reason why they failed was basically because they endangered like a bunch of people like essentially and they weren't working together so he put them specifically in a thing where he they had to basically be gentle be able to take care of people and work together and that was a lot. Yeah, but they specifically called it training multiple times. No, they didn't. If you go back two episodes, they said, should we make today's training extra tough? They literally say that at the beginning of the I, episode. It might be like, a I, mistranslation, but this was the test. Because yeah, why, why else would they have – why would they else have what's-his-face there, like the commissioner? Dude? I think it's a course that you I, – I think he's there every single time. I agree they have it, but this was I don't think this was an example. No, Someone it was. Someone can correct it us on it. Someone can correct yeah, us Yeah, I'm, I'm the one. I'm correcting you on it. <laughs> James, who you got? Oh, dude. It's Todoroki. Or it's not Todoroki. Hey, like, Todoroki's like a runner-up, but it's definitely Bakugo. Todoroki, like, I, like if if Bakugo didn't hatch that plan, it probably would have been Todoroki. Because we actually saw, you know, him trying to patch up shit with his dad. Um, him getting over his beef with Anasa. Like, I mean, like, there was growth with him as well. Um, basically, everybody in that group, with the exception of Kami, all had, like, a, a, a good amount of, like, growth like personal growth and stuff like that um bakugo just had the most of it so that's why that's why i'm gonna give it to him plus him doing the 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 glamoroki thing was that that won me over that sold me so yeah yeah i don't think i can add anything to either one of you two i think yeah dylan was right on the head it's all well all of us agreed to bakugo we talked about him majorly in the episode you guys both put on pretty much every single point i touch on so i think it's pretty clear it's probably one of the clearest ones this season um, besides Deku, um, in terms of being um, plus ultra recipient, it's just a lot of growth in this episode for him, and I can't believe he's becoming one of my favorites. I just didn't want to agree with Dylan. I told you. I told six you. Six months ago. I told you. All right, but with that, let's jump into the preview for next week's episode, season four, episode 17, 18, will be titled School Festival. We are finally going to get more information about the school festival that will be held at UA. And we learned that Class 1A wants to put on a special show to make up for causing all the trouble to the students with the League of Villain attacks and all of that. We also get teased for a new villain with a mustache and white hairs about all we know about him in the anime. So far, that will be a major villain coming up for the next couple episodes, I am assuming. But what do you guys think? You excited for the school festival to finally get started after kind of being teased about it for four episodes now? I dude, I don't know. I seen I seen Coda talking a lot, and I'm I'm excited for that. That's what I like. Coda, yeah, dude. Coda's t- Coda, oh, Coda's like yeah, yeah. screaming at somebody, and like that's just, dude. I love my boy Coda. He needs he needs more screen time. So get him in there. His bra- his rabbit has got more screen time than him this season. That's okay. I'm ready. I'm ready to see. Uh... I'm ready to see them melt their uh, the students' icy hearts with their Warm Island songs. Because I assume that's what they're <laughs> going to do during the uh, the festival. Warm Island song. That's Yeah, that's definitely going to happen. Oh. It's going to be something. I think it's going to be really fun seeing them rehearse. I think next week's going to be a really, really fun episode. Just kind of seeing all of them planning, picking instruments, and all that kind of stuff. I think it'll be a really good episode next week. But with that, unless you guys have anything else you want to do, I think that wraps up this week's class. No, I think we're – yeah, I think we're – Pretty much wrapped up now. Yeah. All right. 
then with that, thank you all so much for attending this week's class of Class 1A. Next week, we'll be continuing on with the season, doing our recap each and every week. As you know, if anything changes, we will let you know. But as of right now, we're planning on finishing off the season and still trying to finalize the date for when we will be recording the movie. Yeah, so in the meantime, let all your friends know about the Class 1A podcast. Let them know where to listen to it on, which is pretty much anywhere. Um, and on those podcasting platforms, his with that five-star review, if it is an option. Make sure you check out popedoff.com and twitter.com slash pop underscore off for all the updates on this show and all the other stuff that we do. With that, classes is missed. We'll see you back next Saturday.